Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. We get 30 minutes to cover the Masters, NBA, and Stanley Cup playoffs. Thank you for giving Early Odds your time. Whether you're listening live on 670 The Score, the Radio.com app, or checking it out later on the podcast via 670thescore.com or the Radio.com app. Let's start with the tradition unlike any other in the Azaleas over at Augusta National Golf Club down in Georgia. Last night, I had a couple of great golf experts on my evening show right here on The Score, and I wanted to bring back some of that, just their picks, what they're eyeing at the top of the leaderboard for this weekend. And this was Jeff Feinberg. He's on DraftKings Golf Coverage. And I asked Jeff for his best bet going into the weekend. This is a great Masters for somebody who isn't me, who doesn't really love golf, but it's like, I'm going to watch the Masters this weekend. And this whole board, like, you can come in right now and bet a guy tied for the lead at 7-1. to one. I'd be scared to bet against Brooks Kepka if I was picking from the favorites. I am biased towards John Rahm, and I think Thomas and Ricky really do have life. Going down this board, I couldn't go past if I really stared it down the guys at, like, two under. That would be my cutoff. Normally, I'd be willing to bet guys deeper. It's not even the amount of strokes guys are back. It's the type of class player someone, you know, from more than five strokes off the pace would have to jump. That being said, if the weather reports are right for Sunday and they're going to play in it, literally anything can happen. So make make your strokes because you're giving them back Sunday. So they're calling for crazy wind on Sunday. You're looking T23 and up. Then, right, if you're you're going two under or better, which guys jump out as good win players to you? Well, Dustin Johnson, by some metrics, actually appears to be one of the better win players in the world. Guys like uh, the, the Australians and Day, Scott, and Louis is a fantastic win player. They're Australians and they're South African. But, yeah, it would sort of, I guess, be those Europeans that are more more maybe immune to it because I think it'll be tight again after tomorrow that I'll just be waiting to see what the weather's going to be saying on Sunday and do my loading up on Saturday night because the the wind and the storms if they actually play in that I honestly mean anything is possible 
like a Brent Snedeker at Torrey Pines from like three years ago, where like nine off the pace just wins it because it's just insane if the weather reports are true. Now, they might not play in it. I know people close to it are very concerned. Our Masters could have a Monday finish. Yeah, we don't want to see that. That was Jeff Feinberg with me last night from DraftKings and the Pat Mayo Experience. And I also checked in with Kenny Kim of the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast, my guy. And I said, just push the odds to the side for a moment. Who is winning this tournament? The two guys up top, I mean, Kepka's the one guy. This guy's just the major's man. You know, I mean, after what happened, you know, people were making a big deal of his weight loss. I was as well for a photo shoot, which, you know, basically took away three months of his prime uh, golfing, you know, time. I thought that was crazy, but Kepka go does his own thing. And you could tell that because of that, he doesn't, you sort of notice that he doesn't really care about anything else but majors. And this guy is the majors king. I think he's going to be a favorite up there. And I like his buddy, Dustin Johnson, as well. I know Dustin Johnson, ever since he switched to that cut off the tee, people, and, you know, with the accident he had with the stairs, Augusta didn't seem like the best fit for him, but he's hitting it so straight, Uh, even if it is a cut, even though Augusta does favor a right-to-left ball flight for right-handed golfers. The way he's hitting his drives, it's so solid. It's so right down the middle. Uh, I think this is his time. You know, honestly, with all the stories about Tiger and Rory going for the Grand Slam, you know, DJ sort of slid a little bit more under the radar than he normally would for a major. And I think that's good for him. I, I like DJ right now. I'm still sticking with Fowler as well. I think he can come back. But one guy that I think might have trouble this weekend, and people are going to really hate me for this, I don't know about Tiger. Um, I don't know about Tiger. Here's the reasoning. Tiger's game, it looks like it's back to where it's good. It's not where he was when he was in the prime, but still elite-level golf. The one thing that's been missing from Tiger Woods' game since he got back was that final round domination, you know, where he just took the reins and just ran away and lapped the field, all that intimidation factor. When you see Tiger up on top of the leaderboard, everyone decides to crumble. That's just not the way it is right now. Plus, Tiger's form on Sundays, it's been his weakest link. It's not the Tiger of old. Uh, even when he won at the Tour Championship, he had the third worst score of all the golfers finished in the top 10 with a 71 that day at East Lake. So I'm a little bit worried about that. That's the one part of the game that Tiger has not gotten back. And I don't know if he can do it this week. We'll see. It is Tiger Woods. He's the best golfer of all time uh, up there with Jack. But he just hasn't shown me stuff on Sundays yet. Now, can he do it? Of course he can. It's freaking Tiger Woods. But I I do worry about it a little bit because he has not been on form uh, in the final round since he's gotten back from his injury. And that was Kenny Kim with me last night right here on Sports Radio 670. The score. I don't know who's going to win. One thing I do know is we will not be disappointed. This sets up for a fantastic round three and round four this weekend in Augusta, Georgia. The NBA playoffs tip off today. We get four games starting this afternoon into the prime time late at night and then four more games tomorrow. So to discuss it, I welcome in on early odds Thomas Casali. He's the editor of sports betting content at rotogrinders.com. Find him on Twitter at RG Casali. And uh, he recently wrote an article breaking down the Eastern Conference side of the playoffs. How are you doing, Thomas? 
Good. Thanks for having me, Joe. Oh, it's exciting, especially around here. I mean, NBA basketball is a rumor. I know you're in New York, so the only time there's NBA news, it's when James Dolan is saying something stupid. Exactly. We kind of live in the same <laughs> world here with the Knicks and the Bulls. It's uh, stupid stuff and draft lottery. So let's talk about the games today. Philadelphia, seven and a half point favorites against Brooklyn. Toronto, minus eight and a half against the Orlando Magic. The Warriors are favored by 12 and a half against the Clippers. And the Nuggets by five and a half at home against the Spurs. Is there a game today that really jumps out at the page to you? Yeah, I'm looking at a couple. I like the Nuggets at home, laying five and a half. You know, they were an NBA best 34 and seven at home. The Spurs aren't great on the road. These two teams, they split this year, but I think people are undervaluing the Nuggets. I think they're going to make a nice run in the playoffs. I uh, I like them to win this series. Some people are back in Popovich and the Spurs, and, you know, he's a great, great mind, but I don't think he has the horses this year, and I think you're getting a little bit of value here with the Nuggets at home, first playoff game. I think they're going to come out hot and route the Spurs. Now, when they move that series to San Antonio, how do you think it will adjust with the point spread? I think the Spurs will be a slight favorite. Okay. And, uh, yeah. You know, they play well at home. And, again, you're going to have to see what happens in the first two games, too. If they're both Denver blowouts, I still think you're going to get around an even number, maybe the Spurs one or two-point favorites. But if the Spurs take one, if they're close, you know, then that number could go up a point or two. Yeah, sure. Something to keep an eye on once you have a team that's in desperation mode when they're down 3-0, are they giving up, or they are a team that, that will fight, it, and sometimes that's a bet on spot there. Let's talk about Philadelphia and Brooklyn. The Sixers favored by 7.5. Some Bulls fans will keep an eye on what's going on with Jimmy Butler. They were resting all of their starters down the stretch, like most teams that were locked into a playoff spot. But up in the air, Joel Embiid. Yeah, this is an interesting one because of the status of Embiid. You know, these two teams played four times this year. The Nets won two. Another game they lost by two points, and then they lost one by 13. So they played tough three of the four games in the series, and that's with Embiid dominating. He dominates the Nets. So you take him out of the mix there. Philadelphia is 8-10 and 10 without him this year. You know, they're still a talented team, the Sixers, but 7.5 without Embiid, I like the Nets to come within that number, maybe even pull a first game upset. I still like the Sixers in the series, but I think the first game is going to be close. All right, let's talk about these series prices that are out there. And in the Eastern Conference, Philly minus 800 against Brooklyn. The Raptors minus 1,400 against the Magic. The Celtics minus 700 against the Pacers. And the Bucks minus 10,000 against the Pistons. Uh, obviously, people are taking an eye at the chalk. Are there any live dogs in the East? Yeah, I'd like to give you some, some good ones here, but the East is pretty top-heavy, and the odds reflect that. I'll tell you one I'm kind of interested in, and it's the Pacers against the Celtics. Boston is going to be without Marcus Smart. You look at the numbers, right, eight points a game, but he's bigger than what the numbers suggest. He's their best defender. He's an important player. I can see this series being a dogfight that goes seven games. And to me, that's the one where I think the odds are a little bit high because of the Celtics. They haven't played up to, the, up to par this year. I think they sneak out of this in seven games, but with that number, I would give the Pacers a look, and then you could hedge out later in the series. Yeah, the Pacers sitting at 5-1, to one, so certainly some nice value there. It was funny, uh, Thomas, I was looking at the Superbook series prices, and, and they had them all listed out. And at the very top, they write up there in bold print, 
parlays encourage because they know they're not going to draw a lot of action with all of these heavy favorites. Is that something that you would recommend with so many um, series that seem to be locked up in the NBA? The better team usually moves on in best of seven series. So would you parlay a few or a bunch of these? Yeah, I mean, if you're interested in a couple of these favorites, that's that's a route I would take. I don't do that personally. Yeah. Like, if you look when we go to the West, odds makers are just begging you to bet the Clippers. Just, <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? And the difference is, unlike March Madness, NFL playoffs, you have to beat Golden State four times. <laughs> the odds makers are telling you there's virtually no chance of that happening in that series, and the Bucks the same way. So, yeah, if you want to ride some action on these uh, playoff games, and you know you don't want to lay that wood, most people don't, then uh, doing a parlay is definitely an option. Yeah, the Warriors are minus 50,000, and the Clips on the other side, plus 10,000. Other series prices, Denver, uh, minus 200 favorites against San Antonio. Oklahoma City, slight favorites, minus 150 versus the Trailblazers. And the Rockets, minus 400 against the Jazz. We talked about the Clippers having no shot there, but... We've got Spurs, Blazers, Jazz. Can any of them move on? I like the Jazz at that number. This is coming from somebody who bet the Rockets to win the West. Hmm. But I tend to bet numbers and not teams. So if I see a number that I like, I'm going to jump on it. And, you know, Utah is a tough place to play. They do a lot of things well. And that's going to be a dogfight of a series. I can see Utah pushing it seven games. I think there's some good value there with the Jazz. and. You know, I, I'm going to take a shot with them. Again, I have the Rockets winning the West because I think they're the one team that can beat Golden State in a seven-game series. But in this series right here, it scares me. I didn't like the matchup, and I think there is some value with the Jazz. And, again, I would go with the Nuggets. I, to me, the Nuggets are the best value on the board. Uh, the Spurs are getting way too much love from oddsmakers. I'm sure they're expecting some Popovich money to come in. But to me, that's a mismatch of talent, and I like the Nuggets at that shorter number. With Thomas Casali, rotogrinders.com, talking about the NBA playoffs, which tips off later today. And you can get creative. You can have fun if you're saying, oh, Joe, I mean, how are you going to bet these? All these favorites are going to move on. You can also take a look at some of the props with the series. You can bet a team to sweep in five and six and seven. Is that something that you take a look at? It is. And, you know, I like in the Houston series, for instance, I like that to go seven games. So, I don't know if the Jazz are going to win that series, but I think it's going to be a tough series. So that's one I would take to go seven games because of the competitiveness between the two teams. And the other thing I really like is I'm not going to bet Golden State. I just I don't lay that kind of money with favorites, but I'm big on the Bucks. So I think it's going to be Bucks golden State in the final. You know, I did take Houston as, as a future bet, but that's purely with value. So then I took... Golden State and the Bucks three to one to meet in the finals. So now I got money on the Rockets, I got money on the Bucks, and I got money on Golden State, and I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, that's something I've been preaching, Thomas, and that's exactly where I was going to go with any of these future bets. I think we're all pretty sure that the Warriors are going to end up winning the title. So the belief is, well, I guess you just bet on the winner out of the East. But instead of doing that, if you're on board with the Warriors, you can juice those odds quite a bit by just picking up some NBA Finals matchups, Warriors, and if you like the Bucks, if you like Raptors, just matching those teams up, and then you get a much better payout. You're correct. And 
That's the reason why odds makers love to take futures bets because there's actually a talent to it. Yeah, I'm a big futures better, and it takes a lot of time. It takes looking for value, like you just said, but most people don't do that when it comes to futures. They'll just bet their favorite team or they'll bet a team they think there's, is going to win. But like you just mentioned, there's ways to bet Golden State to win it all or to get to the finals and not have to lay all that wood. And a lot of our listeners already know that, but just because you don't get in on a series bet before it starts doesn't mean you can't do it. A lot of times you'll find value on a team that starts out on the road. Maybe they lose the first couple of games, but they're heading home now. You'll get some nice payback if you do pull the trigger at that point. A lot of it is also about timing. Thomas Casali, rotogrinders.com. Follow him on Twitter at RG Casali. Thank you so much for your time and looking forward to talking again during the NBA playoffs, Thomas. No problem. Enjoy the games. Thanks for having me. So we get the NBA playoffs starting today, but the Stanley Cup playoffs already underway. The loyal early odds listeners are familiar with Alex B. Smith of SportsMemo.com. He's on Twitter at AXSmithSports. Why? Because he made a lot of money this regular season on Blackhawks' first period overs. Alex, how long did you end up riding that? I would say about well over half the season uh, I was on a first period over throughout the year. And it wasn't just the Hawks as well. There were other teams like Columbus, Tampa Bay, San Jose, all three teams that are still playing now in the postseason that were part of that ride too. So the first period over trend, uh, it was magnificent. It was definitely uh, the highlight of of my 2018 and and into 2019. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it would be nice to to have a run like that in the playoffs and and possibly next season, but uh, at least embrace the moment that it was this past year. Now, typically things tighten up defensively during the playoffs. Has that happened? Not so much. And the thing is, this trend actually kind of started and it lended itself a little bit last year where I saw that there were just uh, a lot of teams, especially in the first round, because you had to think about it. You've had these teams that were going into game one with three or four days of rest. Not only that, you had some of these teams, especially when you look at Tampa Bay winning the President's Trophy or, or a Washington team clinching the division early. So those games didn't really mean a whole lot. So now teams playing meaningful hockey for the first time in two, three, four weeks. Uh, there's just a lot of built-up energy, and we've seen that turn into goals. We've seen that turn into some first-period overs cashing on top of the fact that because we're all so used to seeing playoff hockey be more defensive-minded and, and reflective in the scores, the bookmakers have reverted back to those old numbers for the first-period totals. So we've definitely been able to cash some value already, and I think there's going to be some more spots to do so over the weekend. All right, great news. We get four games today. That's also great news. Carolina, mm-hmm. Washington, Dallas, Nashville, Toronto at Boston, and Colorado visits Calgary. Is there something that you love today? Yeah, one of the games that I'm really really liking is just the late game, that Colorado-Calgary game, too. Mike Smith was absolutely amazing in game one for Calgary. I mean, he made some highlight saves. Arguably played one of the best games of his possibly entire career, uh, but if not, definitely short postseason career. That was only his 21st start uh, in the postseason and what's been a long 14-year career for Mike Smith. But uh, I just don't see him duplicating that. Calgary's a good team. They've got great forwards. They've got the strong defensive core. But Colorado's just been a pesky team all year. They are top-heavy as far as their lines go. The guys like Landis Scott spearheading that, that number one line. Not a whole lot of big names guys after that, uh, but you look at Philip Grubauer, a goaltender who's won a Stanley Cup, backing up in Washington last year, kind of in the same spot, too, where he's taken over late in the season and had really put this team on his back. So, like, riding a hot goalie like this, you know, like I said, Calgary, 
The goaltending was sensational. Otherwise, that game could have easily been a 4-2-4-3 battle. Colorado plus 200. I think we get a ton of value here. I think they even that series up at one tonight. And speaking of great value, especially if it happens early, and sometimes it happens late too, you get a team you might like, falls down by a goal or two, you can find some great value, some big-time plus money, 2-1, to 3-1, to one, even 4-1, to one, if you take the team that is trailing. Do you have a live betting strategy? I mean, yeah, you want to look for teams that uh, if a team has drawn iron, hit the post, like let's say a Winnipeg in game one, for example, against St. Louis, there were three or four chances where they could have easily had a goal if the puck bounces a centimeter one way or another. Those are the teams you want to look for, teams that are buzzing around the net. So when I say that, that means they're circling around, they're passing the puck well in the the defensive, in the offensive zone, and just kind of keeping attacking. Not always just shots, but sometimes just clean passes that shift the defense off of its pattern. That's another sign of of, of just good offensive movement. Kind of like in basketball, we talk about ball rotation. There's a bit of puck rotation as well, especially when you see teams playing with their power play as well. Obviously, having that man advantage makes for cleaner passing. So those are things I look for when betting live. And like I said, you can find some great options. I mean, Columbus was down 3-0. In game one, you could have got them at plus 1,300 if you thought they were going to make the comeback. I don't know how many people really did that. But like you said, there's a lot of good value because we see a lot of lead swings, lead changes uh, during the playoffs. Whether it's a series price, conference, or even winning the cup, any futures that entice you? I'm not really big on the futures as far as like to win the conference and win the cup, but I do like series prices. I played Dallas. Before that series started with Nashville, I got that plus 160, and I like to get adjusted prices. And one adjusted price I did play uh, yesterday was the Bruins plus 150 against the Maple Leafs. I mean, the Bruins arguably played their worst game of the whole year uh, in, in game one. Toronto took full advantage. Mitch Marner with a, a couple of, of incredible goals in that one. But now you got a Bruins team at home, and they know they got to get back to their own style. They said it was uh, Coach Bruce Cassidy for the Bruins said, we want to play more up-tempo to start the game. And I think that's what kind of caught them off guard. They, they almost played into the hand of Toronto rather than trying to beat Toronto their own game. Uh, they got caught up in that. So I think now they've got to take a step back here uh, in game two tonight, and I think they will be able to do that. So I like them moving forward. I, I like the Bruins to win the East, but I did not play that at the future. I just played them to beat Toronto in this first round. He's Alex B. Smith, sportsmemo.com, at Sports over on Twitter. Alex, let's catch up soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, I think we covered everything in about a half hour. That's what we do every Saturday, 8.30 to 9 a.m. right here on Early Odds. You puckheads got some picks from Alex B. Smith. Hoopheads got a playoff preview from Thomas Casali. And some Masters Convo with Kenny Kim and Jeff Feinberg. Download the Early Odds podcast on 670thescore.com. And also available, as always, on the Radio.com app so you never miss an episode. I'll tweet out links at Joe0670, at Joe0670. Coming up next on The Score, inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel, they get to discuss a Cubs winning streak and Aloy's big breakout game. I'll have evening shows on Thursday and Friday next week. And as always, right here, Saturdays, 8.30 for early odds. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.